My name is Jake Foster, and I'm a reporter at Clarksville Now, where each week our team of experienced journalists write about the latest happenings in and around Clarksville. We cover it all from the latest restaurant openings to breaking news about our government, schools, and community leaders. Whether you're new to Clarksville or have lived here for the past 50 plus years, I'm sure something has piqued your interest this week. Here are the top stories trending right now on ClarksvilleNow.com. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast. And here are your top headlines for the week of February 16th. And in the studio, we have uh, Chris, Katie, and Ryan back again. What's going on? Hey, Jake. Hey, Jake. Well, we're just all hanging out this rainy day, huh? Yeah. I will say, before we get into the news, I thought this might be good to kind of get to know each and every one of us on this podcast. This was the most romantic week in Clarksville because well, it's Valentine's week. In your house, maybe. <laughs> I was to say, yeah. But I thought... We could just talk about what we did for Valentine's Day. Let's we not. Get- oh, no. I, let's not. No, oh, no. no. Uh, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. No, no. Okay. It was the worst idea ever. What? I've had worse ideas than that. He must have had a really good Valentine's Day. No, we did, the same, about we did it. the same thing we do every single year. I just know that I've Order rather Order pizza boring. and watch. Yes. Binge watch TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, that's all we did, so. Okay. I had dinner with my children. Okay. And Chris, what did you do? I don't remember. That you was don't more. Remember. That was more than twenty four hours ago. Listen, every day is romantic in the Smith House. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's why I wanted to give you the opportunity to just tell everybody. Oh, how I remember now. We went to uh, Dos Margaritas. Yeah, oh, there margaritas. you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what he does on on Cinco de Mayo? He goes to a romantic restaurant. It kind of flips him up, so it's yeah. cheaper, right? Yeah. 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 So you exactly. don't even know. All right. So there you go. It wasn't that bad. Of an idea. No news that no news here. Nope, nope, no news. Moving on. So I think what everybody found out is none of us really did anything for Valentine's Day. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. None of us won the uh, Beaver package from uh, what was that? They were giving away the on Beaver. Bucky Graham. Yeah, yeah. the Bucky Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't your wife Jake have loved to have a giant mascot furry beaver deliver some flowers? And candy and all that stuff. There's nothing more romantic. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> My wife would hate even. me. She would hate me if I if I got that for her. She'd be terrified. I think well, it's, just wait till next year, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. I think as long as she got flowers and candy, she was okay. I don't I don't think it mattered what animal or person delivered it. So <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good. All to right. Know. Uh, getting into our headlines. Our uh, first headline this week is actually by our, our crime reporter Jordan Renfro. The headline reads, Dodge's shooting armed bystander shot two suspects who killed man at Clarksville gas station. And I'll give a little bit of the backstory. On the morning of January 28th, Clarksville police responded to a shots fired call at Dodge's on Fort Campbell Boulevard, where 29-year-old Jalen Corbin was found with multiple gunshot wounds. Of course, he later died. Uh, shortly afterward, a 21-year-old male and a 28-year-old male arrived at Tenova with gunshot wounds. They were later transferred to Nashville. And that was really all the information that we had for a couple weeks until uh, just a couple of days ago. New information surfaced at the preliminary hearing for those two men. A bystander told the court he had stopped at the gas station that morning to fill up his tank and grab a breakfast biscuit, as we all do in the morning. Yes. Fill up the gas tank, grab a breakfast biscuit. Uh, He said he had a concealed carry permit and kept a licensed Glock 43X on his person. As the veteran walked back to his vehicle, three people opened fire, shooting at Corbin, who had just returned to his vehicle at the gas pumps. The veteran said he quickly reacted by withdrawing his pistol and firing four to five rounds each at the two shooters. He surrendered peacefully to police and, of course, was later released and cleared. Uh, Now the two previously mentioned shooters are facing charges, and that's what the preliminary hearing was this week. But there's kind of a lot to unpack there. So did he, when he pulled his gun to protect himself, is he the one that um, actually shot the 
the two suspects or did they shoot each other? Um, I believe he was the one that shot the two suspects because I believe the two suspects that were involved in the preliminary hearing um, were the ones that shot at the Corbin gentleman who died. The one that died, okay. Yeah, those two suspects ended up at the hospital, and I would imagine that's how they, you know, they found out who it was, was mm-hmm. because they showed up at the hospital with gunshot wounds. They usually and, ask questions when that happens. I mean, you got to think yeah. about, you just can't show up that way and expect to mm-hmm. be left to your own devices. Oh, we're going to patch you up and let you go. Yeah. I thought this story was fascinating because so often we hear people talk about, well, I need to get a um, concealed carry permit so I can protect myself and I can protect other people. And and so often, you know, statistically, you, you look at what happens with personal owned handguns. It often ends up when it is fired, is fired in a suicide or an accident right. or a domestic assault. And in this case, it actually worked out the way people think it would work out. You know, somebody was in the middle of a shootout and pulled out his gun and was able to shoot two suspects and wound them. And, and now they're, um, you and know, possibly before defendants other, in trial. and possibly before anyone else was mm-hmm. shot and killed. Exactly. Imagine the other bystanders. Imagine, you know, all the damage that could have been done had mm-hmm. that veteran not stepped in. And I think what's important is this guy was a veteran. He had experience with firearms. He had mm-hmm. trained on that sort of thing. I mean, this is the reason why, I, I don't have firearms, mm-hmm. and it's not for any other reason other than I'm not coordinated enough to dribble a basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not the person you're wanting to draw in that situation, but somebody with that muscle memory mm-hmm. and has been trained to do that did exactly what they were trained to do and exactly what you'd hope someone would do uh, mm-hmm. in that situation. So I'm, I'm glad that his life is not complicated with charges and all of that stuff that he was just, you know, questioned and released. Mm-hmm. So now um, back to the like actual story, the the gentleman that actually died, was he just an innocent bystander? Were the, the two suspects shooting at each other? Do we know? How does that story unpack? I believe this is still under investigation. Okay. It is. And what was, what came out of the preliminary was that the, the all the suspects knew each other, that the, um, there were three people who shot at Corbin um, and they, their attorneys claim that Corbin had flashed a gun at them and they fired when Corbin pulled out his weapon. Um, the, uh, prosecution is saying that, you know, basically, no, they were targeting Corbin and were specifically planning okay. to, to shoot him. Um, so that'll all come out in trial. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be testimony on both sides as to how it all started. Um, but there's a third suspect apparently who is still out there. Um, they believe that there was a third shooter um, who is still at large. All right. So be following that story on ClarksvilleNow.com as it, um, as it develops and as the trial continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to add to that, too, is it really hats off to this veteran. Um, working before in Indiana, covering news there, I saw a lot of stories like this um, where there were people with concealed carry permits that were able to save other people's lives. And they can do that. I mean, I, I personally have one I carry every day, so... Um, I think they are. Uh, I think that was a, just hats off to that veteran, and like you said, Ryan, I think his training really came in handy as well. I think it's important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's just something he's done. Yeah, it should kind of be a wake up call in some ways to people who are going to engage in criminal activity in Clarksville. If you're going to pull out a gun in a public place in Clarksville, you better know what you're doing because you're probably surrounded by ar- well trained army veterans who have concealed carry permits. Right, absolutely. Well, you, know, they say, you know, they say that's one of the statistics about the South. Is that 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 um, it's almost like you have this unknown military there because there's so many people that do carry weapons. Yeah, in and the South. and the cool thing Sorry, about Tennessee, um, it it is a um, what they refer to as a constitutional carry state. You don't necessarily need a permit, mm-hmm. 
But um, when you do apply for a permit, because you have to have a permit if you want to carry out of state in a state that honors a Tennessee permit, you do have to take a training course and you do have to practice with a firearm, too. So, well, um, and you, you, it is constitutional carry. But if you want to drive to Hopkinsville, you're going to need a concealed carry. Right. That's what I was right, saying. Right. You, you need a permit to to carry out of state. Right. I do think practice, too, is important. Like, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I think you get an idea, right? Like, I know for me, I watch action movies, and you're like, oh, I, I, if Keanu Reeves can do this, I can. And having gone to ranges before and tried it, I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. You well, know? the thing is, if someone's coming at you, you're not going to be shooting at a barn. You're going to be shooting, like, 10 feet, me and you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay behind the trusted people, <laughs> people that have, know what they're doing, because I am not one of those folks. I got a baseball bat. I'm ready to go. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that was our um, that was our first headline. Our second headline for the podcast is a man who shot at deputies during 100 mile per hour chase pleads guilty to attempted murder in Clarksville. This was by uh, you, Chris. Uh, so I'll give the backstory on this. On June 20th, 2021, so this was a couple of years ago, then 40-year-old Donald James Robinson was stopped by a Stewart County deputy, and he couldn't produce a valid driver's license, according to previous Clarksville Now reports. He was actually a convicted felon, we later found out, while a deputy tried to run him through N- uh, NCIC. What, what does that acronym stand for, Chris? Um, National Crime Information Center, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Um well, when they tried Good to run job. Wow. <laughs> on it, he didn't have to Google that. No, that's, that. that's, that's, that's my best guess. You know, I, I, watch me be proven wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's the same thing. I'm going to Google it while you're talking. Uh, but when a deputy tried to run him through that system, uh, Robinson fled at a high rate of speed. This was a crazy chase. Uh, after Montgomery County deputies joined the pursuit, Robinson fired at the deputies using a handgun. This chase, which reached uh, speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour, continued on Dover Road, Paul Huff Parkway, and Fort Campbell Boulevard, and often even into oncoming traffic. Robinson's gunfire struck the windshields of multiple deputies, and he also rear-ended an unmarked patrol vehicle during the pursuit. So there was a lot of damage that was done during this. Uh, the chase lasted about a half an hour before he crashed into a tree line at the end of Calvert Drive. Did I say that right, Calvert Drive? Yes. Uh, deputies with both agencies assisted by canines located him nearby and took him into custody. And then what happened on February 8th, he pleaded guilty to attempted first degree murder and other charges. Um, yeah, I don't think there was any disputing what uh, what happened when you have that many deputies. Yeah, when they got all those dash like cam that. footage of you, it's hard to be like, oh, that wasn't me. Yeah. So well, they, got they've you. also got their patrol cars with bullet holes in the windshields. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, no defense attorney. I'm sure somebody's going to take that case, If you know, but that's a, that's a hard one to prove. That's going to lower notice, your rating. I did notice the last line of the article said that he did apologize to the deputies. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that know. I tried to shoot you. Yeah. I'm really sorry that I made you, you know, follow me at 100 miles an hour. I'm sorry I put your life in jeopardy. And the lives of countless others. Jake was generous to credit me for that, but basically what I did was I took a a statement from the DA and combined it with previous reporting from like last year. Um, But uh, I was right about the National Crime Information Center. He was right. right That's what it stands for. I googled it. You're just taking the prestige off of your job. Well, You (laughs) You don't have to give the details. That was your story. No, you you gotta be transparent about these things. But yeah, and I think the uh, DA's office was uh, rightly very proud of that. It's um, rare to get, I would think, a plea to attempted first-degree murder. I mean, 
That's a pretty heavy charge to plea to. Um, but if, yeah, if you've got police surrounding you while you're doing it and you're in a, a top-down convertible, it's not like there's any doubt about who this was. So we're in the hierarchy of first-degree murder, obviously seconds probably. How does that, is that like a bigger deal? First degree is a much bigger deal. First yeah. degree means that you uh, intended to do it and you were well aware of the consequences okay. of your actions. Uh, okay. Whereas if you just... Um, like if I got mad at you and was so angry, I decided to try to to, to kill you or try to kill you. That would be a second degree murder or maybe even he reckless. was very that came to him very quickly. It did, yeah. didn't it? Wow. Oh, wow. I may have some subconscious anger <laughs> here. <than not. laughs> but um, but yeah, but luckily, really, luckily, nobody got hurt in that. I mean, that you yeah, can imagine if, if one of the officers had been shot. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just really incredible. Yeah, and there was a lot of comments, you know, on Facebook too. It's like, oh, you know, these deputies were. Um, putting other people in danger and stuff. And it's like, you know, when stuff like that happens, I mean, there's really n- not much else you can do. I mean, you can well, get the guy. The guy has well, a gun. He's firing out of a convertible. Well, they were trying to stop him. I guess you could argue they shouldn't have been chasing him on just, well, but I, I don't know what he was um, uh, wanted for. We don't know what he's pulled over for. Either. I mean, yeah, he, I he started firing after they chased him. Um, so a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't chase people just on traffic charges. Um, if he was a dangerous wanted felon, then chasing him, it seems like it would be in order. Uh, most of the chase was through fairly remote area of Dover road, right, but, then, right. but then they got into the city. So, yeah. but now once he's actually firing at people, then you've got yeah. to chase him. You, you know, if he's firing shots. First, yeah. yeah. What did you said? Top down convertible. Mm-hmm. Was he really in a convertible? Mm-hmm. Yep. Get. Come on. <laughs> I visualized him going. What? <laughs> Yeah. I thought you were joking. He was seriously in a convertible. That's yeah. why no attorney has taken that case. Somebody was like, you know, you probably just should plead guilty because you were in a convertible and there are cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard to prove that that was not you <laughs> in a convertible. Yeah. 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 yeah well, That's one of those days. At least um, he looked cool and windblown. I guess so. Wind no, and he didn't his damage and... his back window. No. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have one. Good he definitely doesn't have one now. Wow. So probably ever will again. Man. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was crazy. I am the uh, government and business reporter, but there are times I would like to sit in a courtroom and, and just see somebody's reaction like that, especially if he pled innocent. That would have been. And said mm. he was sorry. He did say he's sorry. He did well, say he, he did. was sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I think I would have liked to have heard that apology. That would have been mm-hmm. interesting. If he did plead innocent and that case would go to trial, that would be so hard for the jury to have to wait. Like you'd go in the jury room, you'd see all the evidence, right? convertible top then you got video you got cameras from all mm. all angles right like the hardest thing for the jury would be like how long do we have to sit? we know the verdict <laughs> how long do we have to sit in here and make it seem official can we order yeah. lunch again <laughs> right exactly exactly It'd be like the quickest verdict turnaround ever but i guess that's probably why he wisely chose to to plead guilty yeah yeah and i wonder if it, maybe it's going to come with a reduced sentence or something like that and maybe that's part of the reasoning and the that apology that could help too apology apology always helps that but just makes him human. judges mm-hmm. judges do like to hear you be contrite and you know convertible yeah really in february the top <laughs> down in february hey it could be warm in february <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's true it was like 70 it was the other 70 day. yeah true. this week that's true All right, that brings us to our third headline we're going to shift over from uh cops guns and people over to animals um, so our third headline, uh, this was, um, we received a report from the Montgomery County Animal Shelter, and so I kind of just wrote something up on that, uh, giving out some facts that were displayed in that report. So the headline reads, 4,883 animals ended up in Montgomery County Animal Shelter last year, 22% increase over 2021. And that's that's a substantial increase. That's a lot more animals. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, this week, Montgomery County Animal Shelter Director Dave, and I do not want to butcher his last name. Kasky. Kasky. Shared with the county commission the shelter's 2022 annual report, which detailed accolades and challenges the shelter faced. Uh, According to the report in 2022, 4,990 animals left the shelter through adoption, foster care, transfer to rescue, or euthanasia. 35% of all animals were adopted. 18% were reclaimed by their owners, which is good to see that at least 18% were reclaimed. Mm-hmm. 17% were transferred to rescue. And then 19% were euthanized and 5% were fostered. So do you think that this increase in animals is in relationship to the increase in population? I think that could be a factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that is a factor. Um, what they cited in their report is most of it was coming from... what? Yeah, it was... Uh, well, I seem to have lost it. Sorry, I wrote this three days ago. You know, Chris has been saving you all podcasts, so he'll know exactly where you want to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you Fair acronyms, enough. last Fair names, enough. pronunciations. Chris has been. I, I, I'm, I'm like three for three now. Like the human Google over there. I G-O-O-G-O-E. <laughs> I believe the first reason was there was an increased number in surrenders. Mm-hmm. And some of these are because there's a lot of apartment complexes in Clarksville that do not allow animals. So when people do move here... Mm-hmm. Um, they can't move with their animals and they have to surrender them. So and I think lot, that was the main reason. There's a lot of surrenders during PCS, um, things like that. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting about uh, all this was, you know, it's kind of sad that 19% of the animals that were impounded at the shelter were euthanized. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, my brain immediately jumped to, well, that's why we need a shelter. Well, we, And we do need a new shelter. Right. The current one's horribly outdated. Um, but, you know, there's not enough room. But then you dig down those numbers and the um, reasons for euthanasia, um, only three animals um, were euthanized because they were out of space. That most, uh, the vast majority of the euthani- euthanizations? I think that's, the, just, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the vast majority are for either aggressive, the dogs are too aggressive to be adopted out or too sick or um, just ba- have major behavioral problems. So um, so that was kind of heartening. I mean, it's sad yeah. still, right. but at least it's right. not because they're out of space. Right. It's because the dogs can't be rehomed because they have behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. Well, what stuck out to me in the article was, you know, talking about the increase, but then talking about, well, this percentage was reclaimed by owners and this percentage was adopted out and then this percentage was sent to other shelters right. or rescues. That there tells me that they're really are trying to work hard to oh, yeah. make sure that yeah. they find homes. So I never really, when before you even said that, I thought, oh, I bet that 18% were sick or something. Mm-hmm. Because if they're, they've got that many that they're placing in other care or even foster, then they really are trying hard to make sure they get homes and not euthanize them. Yeah. Well, and what's really interesting, you mentioned dogs earlier, and there was actually kind of a plethora of animals that have uh, been involved in this shelter. What were some of the, the unique year? animals? So dogs and puppies made up 57% of all adoptions, which makes makes sense. sense, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, While cats and kittens accounted for 41%. uh, The other 2%, however, consisted of birds, chickens. Interesting. Pigs, ferrets, (laughs) rabbits, and guinea pigs. You know, if I'm going to get a ferret... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to put some thought behind that. I don't know if I'd be getting a ferret and then turning around and saying, eh, I'm just going to drop this ferret at the doorstep of animal control. What, what the heck? Or right. pigs. Yeah. Uh, it's probably those potbelly pigs. Probably. Oh, yeah. But you're right. First thing you Google is, 
what is it like living with a ferret? Mm. And you watch some YouTube videos of people that have had ferrets. Or or I'm going to like start this chicken coop to have all these eggs, and then I decide, oh, I can't take care of these chickens, so I'm just going to turn them over. Right, just dropping them off at animal control. But I just guess it's drop better. Drop them off at KFC. Isn't it better than letting them <laughs> There's just a go? shortage. <laughs> I think so. It is be- taking yeah. them there is better than just letting them go to fend for themselves. And- That's true. Because how many people back in the day, I, we're talking 80s now, Mm-hmm. When when uh, gerbils and, and guinea pigs were all the rage for for a pet and then you got one and you're mm-hmm. like, this is stupid. <laughs> this thing does not. I interact had hamsters with me. growing up and I swear you can I swear probably about once a month they get loose <laughs> and it would take days to find them. One of them one time ate a hole in my parents waterbed. Oh, my God. I'm not making this up. I mean, they're basically mice. We had hamsters when I was growing up and those things bred so fast. Right. We would walk in that cage and there'd be like 20 of us like, what do we do now? Like, what are we going to do with 20 hamsters? I think I had all the same sex hamsters because I never had that issue. That's that's when you buy a snake. Oh yeah. I oh guess. Chris. Oh no. I mean, it's a it's a it's just a a, a cute mouse. Oh, I mean, gosh. what do you feed a snake? You feed a snake mice. If you're a good snake owner, you feed the snake live mice. So just you had me at NCIC. NCIC. <laughs> you lost me in the snake. Right. Yeah. Chris Smith can be reached by the way. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you. I'm not saying you feed the cat to the snake. But no, but seriously, we all yeah. thought it was a great idea for a pet. And then you real, much like Katie was dealing with with the hamsters, they get out, they eat everything. They don't want to come back. They don't mm-hmm. want to be around you. You can't hold them. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of completely see why people would be like, oh, this is a great idea for a pet and go, no, this is a horrible idea for a pet. But my parents back in the day would just let them out in the backyard. Mm. No, never saw them again. They are talking about building another animal shelter to help with yes. this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe that's still in the preliminary stages, okay. correct? It is, yeah. And the plan is to, now, I, I don't know exactly where. I'm blanking on the location. I it's near it was Northwest High School campus. Okay. Yeah, it's, it is to be built off Purple Heart Parkway by early 2025. Okay. And it'll yeah. be about 22,000 square feet. And so the the campus will have on one part of it the animal control shelter, on another part the uh, our first branch library. I remember Which we've it. been waiting to be built for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so and it may sound like an odd match, but if you think about the opportunities for library programming that includes animals, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, kind of the interplay between the shelter and the library and just having a common area like that where you can, where the public facilities are located. You can sit and read a book and pay, put a dog. You could, you could read to the dogs. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, a, a I don't know if I'll call it a therapeutic thing, but that is a volunteer activity, reading to animals. It's I don't own, know, petting a dog is pretty therapeutic. Yeah. You know what? You donate a copy of your book, and mm-hmm. I'm going to read it to the dogs. That would be so sweet. <laughs> so Thank you, donate Ryan. a copy of your book to the new library, and I will go well, and check it out. I don't want to be responsible for the dogs developing <laughs> behavior problems that cause them to have to be euthanized after they hear oh. my book. But still... Oh, oh Lord! Yeah. Yeah, that wraps up the animal discussion. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> on to the next one, Jake. <laughs> Our uh, fourth headline for the podcast. Uh, this is one that I did. I went and covered this meeting. Uh, the headline reads: Lincoln Homes Rad Development R A D Rad Redevelopment moves forward with new developer input from residents. Uh, Rad stands for stands for something. Redevelopment of. Authority, authority district. It's uh, oh. redevelopment authority. Two of those are right. It's. Uh, I bet it's district. I bet it's district too. Uh, demonstration. Oh. Actually. 
Actually, no, the second word was wrong, too. It's a rental assistance demonstration. Oh, you are way off. Oh, blown my, okay. Way off. Blown my batting average completely. <laughs> um, so that's what that stands for. Uh, but this is something that has been planned at Lincoln Homes. It's been discussed for several years, but it looks like the project's actually finally picking up steam. Previously, the authority was working with Kronberg Urbanists, architects based out of Atlanta and Lyle Cook Martin, a local firm, on plans that would involve zero displacement for Lincoln Homes residents. Uh, so while plans with those partners never came to fruition, CHA has now signed a master development agreement. So the agreement has been signed with Gorman and Company for the project. And the team was introduced to the community at a public meeting on February 7th. And there was there was a pretty good turnout to that meeting. I would say I'm really bad at calculating numbers, but I would say there was probably over 50 people there, um, several county commissioners. And then, of course, the uh, C, uh, Clarksville Housing Authority members of their board were there. Uh, but the team, the Gorman and Company team, detailed their experience with other developments in cities across the nation. And it's it was actually really, really cool because I, I didn't know a whole lot about public housing. But uh, these guys have went through and built developments in other areas that have, like, retail and restaurants. And it's yeah. more than just, like, apartments. Huh. So that's super cool. Uh, and then that's supposed to be getting underway here within the next 12 to 18 months is what they're saying. Uh, and like I said, this has been in talks for a while, so they do have a lot of those architectural drawings already. But the cool thing about Gorman and Company, uh, that's not really been done before with uh, CHA, they've not really experienced this before, is they're a completely integrated company. So they have the architects within the company, they have the construction within the company, it's all, Gorman and Company is all one. So they don't have to go through all these subsidiaries and stuff like that. So, and, and you might have answered this, but when they come in and redevelop Lincoln Homes area, where, what do the residents do while they're being redeveloped? So this is going to be what they're calling an on-site redevelopment. Okay. So part of it's going to be redeveloped while residents from the part that's being redeveloped will be relocated to another area on-site. Okay. So there'll be no off-site relocation. And there's actually several vacant units right now. It's just nobody's living in them because they're just super old and unsafe to live in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling they'll probably fix some of those Start up. Start with those. Um, for temporary housing until they can get the the new stuff up. And, and one of the big concerns was people were kind of nervous. There were several residents of Lincoln Homes at the meeting, and they were very nervous about, you know, are we going to have a unit when all this is said and done and they're like, yes, they're actually going to meet with each family or individual who's living in one of those units is going to meet with their own consultant. It's part of the service that Gorman and company will, will oh, offer. That's nice. So they'll have a whole relocation consultant and it'll be, it'll basically be streamlined. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause you know, it doesn't seem like I know they have extra, but they have that many extra, right? you know? So have you guys seen the sort of new public housing that's been developed in Nashville I and have, other communities? Yeah. Like if you drive into Nashville um, on 24 off to the right, you'll see these brightly colored homes that are each a distinctive house. But the entire neighborhood has a similar housing palette. Like one will be light green, one will be pink, one will be blue, one will be light green, one will be pink. Yeah. Yeah. That's public housing. I had no idea. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's it's a re, it's a new approach to public housing that gets away from the brick box style yeah. that dominated the um, you know nineteen fifties and sixties and um, and Lincoln Homes has been need of this for very long. How, how old would you guess Lincoln Homes is? I don't know how old, but it, it's I, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess I'm gonna say nineteen fifties earlier. Oh wow! Uh, I'm gonna go with nineteen twenties. Well, a little too early. Nineteen forty one. Was okay. when Lincoln Homes was mm. was built. It's the oldest public housing in Clarksville, and um, yeah, it's basically just a brick box mm. 
mm-hmm. on a concrete slab. And the pl- a lot of the plumbing is inside the concrete slab. So, mm. like, doing repairs is just ungodly expensive in these old pla- uh, homes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so redeveloping and turning into something nicer is would be really good. So, essentially, what you're saying is they're going to try and design <laughs> these things much like those buildings you were talking about in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That'll just change the feel of the Austin P campus as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Lincoln Homes comes right up against Austin P's campus. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a ball game at Raymond C. Hand, what do you see there in the outfield? That's going to be a really interesting look mm-hmm. um, for that whole area. I had no idea that's what those buildings were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're doing the same thing with Casey Homes um, in Nashville. They're um, tearing all the old brick buildings at Casey Homes housing uh, projects down um, and turning it into this more modern look, more modern style. Wow. I honestly thought that was like some kind of fancy development. Even making them like 1990s is an upgrade. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah for Absolutely. Sure. And, and it's really cool, too, because there's going to be a lot of other meetings like the one that I went to um, because they're taking in uh, they're taking into consideration resident input. So another aspect of this project is that it's going to rely heavily on resident engagement. In fact, uh, I spoke with the uh, interim executive director for CHA. She said this process of converting public housing to RAD, RAD, cannot happen without the residents. So basically these residents can come to these meetings and they're like, well, these are the kind of units that we want to see. These Mm -hmm. are the kind of units we want to live in. You know, we'd like to have this restaurant nearby or this type of retail or this type of restaurant Um, or or maybe even a pool or or something like that or a playground for the kids to play. So there's, I I mean, the sky is really the limit when it comes to this development. It's whatever the residents want. And it gives you some buy-in too. When you're getting Mm -hmm. asked about your opinions and your thoughts and you get some input into your new home, I mean, there's some ownership involved in that. So great story all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll look forward to uh, following that, and uh, we'll keep you updated. And uh, speaking of developments, we've got to talk about this next one because um, poor Sam over at Milan Enterprises, she's the marketing director over there. I've been bothering her for about four months about this next story. <laughs> so he Sam, sees you on caller ID, yeah. she's like, oh, it's Foster. Sam, if you're listening, I'm so sorry, but thank you for allowing me to be one of the first people that you uh, emailed the press release to. Uh, so the, this is our uh, fifth headline for the podcast. Squeaky wheel gets oil, Jake. <laughs> it does. It does. Maybe I should be in sales. I don't know. Uh-huh. But uh, the fifth headline, uh, this is a story. They, they sent us the press release, so we published the press release. Uh, Ten-story building, Milan Center, planned in downtown Clarksville. Man, this is going to be – okay, l- let's let's unpack this for a second. Ten-story building. This is going to be the tallest building in the Clarksville. Tallest building in Clarksville. Mm-hmm. What did he say? In, in, if, if you compare it to Chicago, though, it's like low rise. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Clarksville's a high rise. In Chicago, it's a low rise. Right. But the, seeing the, the artist's rendering of this it's building, beautiful. it's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. This ain't the Royal York. Right. And mm-hmm. then you think about where it's going to be right there, downtown Clarksville. It's going to change the downtown Clarksville skyline. Katie, you are officially the Clarksville podcast queen. I you, am. You're in the know. I'm just glad to be some type of you know? queen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, Thank you. The, the queen of our hearts and the queen of Clarksville yeah, podcast. Yeah. But you talked to the Milans for Clarksville's conversation and they have an incredible story. Oh, they have a beautiful story and the, you know, it's, they're just beautiful people and they have a servant heart and they want to give back to this community. And, um, they just really worked hard for where they are. And I think I, it, I'm just glad to see good people doing good things. I, and speaking of good people doing good things, 
I don't think they would be upset if we shared the reason they were late to our podcast. Oh, no. They, they wouldn't tell the story themselves, but they were supposed to be here at uh, I can't remember, like 2 o'clock. Yeah, they should be at 2 o'clock for a podcast. No, yeah. one thirty. One thirty. Yeah. And they were late, and they were late, and, and, and um, they, got, they texted, I think it was Charlie, and said, I'm sorry, we're running behind. There's a woman with her kids stranded by the side of the road, and we stopped to help them. And, and the, yeah, the woman's husband had uh, recently gone out of town, so she was by herself. So they stopped to help him. And then, of course, uh, uh, that's just the kind of people they are. Of course, Lily is going to follow up with her and make sure she's taken care of. And they're just good people. That's so amazing. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, they're delayed for a very important podcast. It's hard to be mad at that. Like, you know, like, well, you should have just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could all learn something from that kind of servant heart and humility. Yeah. You see somebody in need and you just stop and help them. I mean, that's the kind of people they are. And it's neat when those kind of people are also the kind of people who are building a major development in downtown Clarksville, you know? You don't usually see the two right well, exactly. Shared, or it's not obviously. Yeah, and they out. shared. I mean, they come from very humble beginnings. I mean, both of them, both of their mothers weren't not. They weren't. You know, they weren't born English speaking. They didn't. They right. moved here from um, Mexico, and um, they were, you know, raised in very humble beginnings, and just you know made some smart decisions along the way, and are very self-made. And I don't think they've ever forgotten where they came from, mm-hmm. and that's the beautiful piece of it. And they're just the people that work with them. They pour into them because other people have poured into them and mentored them, and. Um, I'm just really, I'm just really happy for them because I think that the one, I think it's going to be a beautiful building downtown, but I just think there's just some really deserving people. And I think they, this entire development shows how much they care about Clarksville because it's something that Clarksville actually really needs, uh, in my opinion. Um, so it's it's going to be a large mixed use development. It's going to be at the corner of Jefferson and North First Street in downtown Clarksville. And yeah, it's going to be 10 stories, but there's going to be so much other stuff in there. I mean, there's yeah. going to be housing and there's going to be a lot of office space, which is going to be really cool. And they are not selling these out as condos. I asked that question. They are all rental. They're, they're going to be apartments in there. Interesting, because that'll be a beautiful view really, oh. of the river. It's going to mm. have a rooftop pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. A mm-hmm. roof. We have a rooftop bar and a rooftop pool now? <laughs> well, you got yeah. to live there to go hang out, Ryan. Okay, so if well. we can't find you on Friday afternoons, you're not, you can't be there. <laughs> I think we should all pitch in, everybody at Five Star Radio, and just rent one unit. That way we can all have use access the to the well, uh, pool. <laughs> use it for that. We can use it Fourth of July to watch the fireworks. I can oh, see there we multiple go. Reasons, things, yeah. Very yeah. cool. And how neat. And just to see how, the, how Clarksville is changing. And imagine having an apartment there. Well, imagine this. Just take a, in your head, visualize what you see down there right now. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward three years. You're going to have that apartment building. You're going to have F&M Bank Arena open. You're going to have the other hotel that's going to be remodeled and open. You're going to have the parking garages. Yep. The whole look of that downtown is going to be so different three years from now. Oh, and mm-hmm. that mixed use space they're making down there as, as well with the restaurants and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it'll be a walkable location. You'll and then be able you've to got the entertainment go. district mm-hmm. down there. I mean, it's just it's going to be... Five years from now, three years from now, it's all going to be very different looking. Mm-hmm. Very it's going to be popping. Is that what the kids yeah. say now? I don't know. <laughs> Where did you hear that from? I don't know. I would use some words, but every time I try to use some words, you know, my kids make fun of me because I use them all wrong. All wrong. Well, like those well, shoes are really drip there, Chris. Drip. <laughs> nice. Well, we, we were just saying that Lincoln Homes is about to be rad. That's you know? it, yeah. And yeah. That was what first came to my mind was, you know, the 1980s. 
term. Well, it was a it was a term in the 1980s. Right. Rad. It's be rad. Yeah. No cap. <laughs> which means it's the truth. Oh, oh yeah. no. okay. We're speaking Jake's rab- language now. We're going down a rabbit hole. Okay, Jake. <laughs> All right, well. Have you ever used no cap, Jake, seriously? I I have actually never used no cap. I've used the term fire before. I've called things fire. I don't Uh think people still do that anymore. No, they do. Do they? Yeah, that's fire. That's fire. Yeah. Kind of 2021. Yeah. Remember, Epic was really big for a while. I think that's 2022 and a half. (laughs) Chris still says word up. (laughs) I got told once by a teenage child that my memes were stale. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was sharing a meme with my family, and I was told, Dad, your memes are stale. Stale. Wow. I actually know what that means, though. Yeah. Your meme has no drip. And my meme has no drip. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. That's the highlight of the podcast right there. (laughs) Next, Jake. (laughs) Moving on to our next headline. Uh, There's not a whole lot to discuss with this one, but I I do want to bring it up because we talked a little bit about it on last week's podcast. Um, This is I go to all those really fun and entertaining city council and county commission meetings. Oh, yeah. Those are um, those always a great time. I bet those people can throw a party. (laughs) But uh, uh, the headline reads vote to hire director of continuous improvement for Montgomery County delayed. So we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, Essentially what this is, it's going to be a brand new position for Montgomery County government. Uh, The resolution was introduced at the formal meeting on February 6th and stated that Montgomery County is one of the fastest growing communities in the state and the position is necessary to efficiently and effectively meet the rising needs and requests of its governmental departments, boards, and elected officials. If approved, the measure would amend the operating budgets of the fiscal year to cover the cost of hiring the new employee who would be under the direction of the county mayor and chief of staff. The starting salary would be around 122000 annually, starting out with benefits. I believe they calculated that up to about 150 total. Uh, but this resolution did not appear on Monday's agenda. That was February 13th. And so that was really the only thing I had to write a story on Monday. So I was like, well, this meeting's going to be very, very short. And it was. It was only 10 minutes, but... Um, nobody was complaining, but they uh, came back empty handed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did write this, so it wasn't completely empty handed. So uh, following unanimous approval of the consent agenda on Monday, Commissioner Rashida Leverett inquired as to why the measure was pulled. And uh, all uh, Mayor West Golden said was, we have some more meetings coming up. I'll be meeting with HR. And as soon as we know something else, we'll get some more information to you. Uh, no time frame was given as to when the commission will take up the measure. Um, we could speculate all day long why it was delayed or, and I guess really it was delayed. It wasn't necessarily postponed because there wasn't a timestamp on it. Uh, but that decision was not made this week, um, but it could be made within the coming weeks. So we'll continue to follow that. I'm going to speculate and say they listened to our first episode last week <laughs> and they were like, that guy's got a great point. We can't call continuous improvement. That's a lot of pressure on somebody. We got to come up with a different name. I suppose they could just turn it into an acronym. That's what the military does. Something. Yeah. Like maybe just call him like the chief of staff. Would it be DCI? Yeah, I'm the DCI. I'm the director of continuous improvement, but just call him the then DCI. Then somebody would think you're like a Washington, D.C. investigator. Something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that job comes with sunglasses. It's a different, <laughs> right, yeah. right. job with sunglasses when you got an acronym hey, probably there. if HR is getting involved, need to make sure they're posting it in all the correct places, mm-hmm. make sure that they're doing, they're, you know, crossing their T's, dotting their I's, all the necessary stuff before they put it out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, But that's what we know right now. All I know is that Jake Foster's got his notepad out ready at each one of those meetings and he'll break the story when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. So moving on to our next headline. This one was so fun to cover. I, I love doing these types of peachy. stories. This one is <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Man, right there on it. Right there on it. Our headline reads, Peach Cobbler Factory makes it to Clarksville with 12 cobblers, sweet peachy tea, puddin' shakes. Puddin' shakes? Puddin' shakes. And wow. that's P-U-D-D-N shakes. Oh, wow. Puddin' shakes. better than I expected. <laughs> How did you think it was spelled? Uh, I-N. Oh, yeah. P-U-D-D-I-N. But apostrophe, and that's all, <laughs> that takes to a whole other level. I would have gone with you on that, Chris, yeah. guessing. <laughs> this was... Uh, this was really fun. I got to, as soon as I got there, it was super busy. I, I went there just the other day and it was busy. There was people out the door. And so the owner, Wendy Ladd, she was behind the counter. She called me three times actually that day and we had to reschedule because she was just so busy trying to get stuff in and, and help behind the counter. Uh, but I, I, I waited there for about 15 minutes, but I was not complaining because it smelled so good in there. Like it was... It's it, not just it like peach cobbler, house. though. It's mm-hmm. all kinds of cobblers, right? Yeah. So, of course, you know, with the name, you'd think they specialize in cobbler. Of course, they do. They actually have 12 different cobblers, though. I didn't even know there was 12 different cobblers. Like, well, what, what other fruits are there to make cobblers? Should we, do we need to guess? Let's what guess, the, yeah. Okay. Do you know what they are, Jake? No, I have no idea. Oh, well, then who's oh, going to know on. right? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's supposed to know everything. What the heck are you doing when I you're know. over there? Why, why are you even writing? Why, why are you? <laughs> I, I'm going to put out the, the first guess. Peach. Yes. Yes. Right. I'm going to say peach, <laughs> apple. Peach. They're going to have apple. Uh, blackberry. Yes, they're going to have blackberry. Quisenberry. Um, Quisenberry is someone's last name. That's not a real berry. Sure it is. The blueberry. Is there blueberry? Blueberry. Yes, blueberry. Strawberry. Yep. Strawberry is going to be it. And I bet you they do fancy ones like apricot. Apricot? You know? Okay. Apricot. Well, that's a good guess. Apricot. Yeah. yeah. Can you do chocolate cobbler? I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. Can. Yeah. Chocolate huh. cobbler. Do that. Kiwi. Kiwi cobbler. Kiwi. Oh. Okay. Kiwi gonna, cobbler sounds like up. someone's name in like a Harry Potter book. I don't know that I would. Like the Australian wizard is Kiwi cobbler in the Harry Potter books. <laughs> We were not far off with a lot of these cobblers. See, I told well, you. Wait, how many have we guessed? One, two, three, three right four, on five, six, seven, eight, nine. We need three more. Okay. Um, uh, uh, raspberry. Raspberry. All right. Oh, what about, um, is there like a fig or anything? Fig. Fig cobbler. Yeah. Figgy I'd eat cobbler. Fig cobbler. Figgy, figgy. In fact, figgy would be even better. And, and they, have to have a, they have to have a sugar-free cobbler for the boring people. Okay. So that, well, maybe not boring. The boring is in diabetic. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. I mean, really. Oh. All right. So sugarless. Are we right? All right. All right. So what do we got? All right. I'm running down the cobblers. I got all right, so, it. Well, I'm is shooting. There, all right. All right. Peaches are number one. We all knew that. All right, so we have peach. Is there, is there apple? Katie wins. Well, hang on. I'm, I'm going to go down apple, the list. Apple, walnut, raisin. Ooh. Yeah. We got strawberry peach. Okay. That was on the list. All right. Yeah. yeah. Blackberry peach. Yeah. yeah. We got yeah. that. Yeah. Mango peach. Oh, no. Mango. Oh, I should have went with mango instead of apricot. <laughs> Honey apple. Okay. Oh, um, I can't oh, believe yeah. Ryan didn't get caramel cherry apple. Sw- Car- caramel oh. apple? Caramel apple. Okay. Or caramel. Cinnamon praline. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a stupid way to spell praline. <laughs> <laughs> praline. <laughs> I don't Take note, cobbler factory. You got away with pudding, but you're not getting away with praline. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> Next. What, half, what else? Half these cobblers are actually like apple bases, like apple walnut raisins. Well, yeah. Okay. Another apple. Okay. Delicious. Uh, and then there's just strawberry. Okay. Strawberry. Yeah. All right. So what they need to have next is they have sweet potato pecan oh. on here too on my oh. list. Oh yeah. They need yeah. a blueberry. They need yeah. a chocolate. They need an apricot, or as Ryan would say, apricot. Uh, they need a kiwi. Do they have a blackberry? A raspberry, they do have a, blackberry. a, figure, okay. a figgy, good, good. and a sugarless, and All a quizenberry. Right. All right, good. You could make any of them really sugarless. I mean, because the fruit itself yeah, it wouldn't is... wouldn't taste good, true. Well, the, well, some fruits are sh- sweeter than others. Right, right, uh, yeah. right. So I just picture poor Jake. Can you imagine, you know, because you know, Chris runs a tight ship over there at ClarksonLow.com, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're having their meeting, and Chris is... Doling out people. stories, and he's and, and poor Jake. pounding my fist on right, the table. Exactly, Foster, you cover that cobbler opening. That's got to be that'd be the best news you heard all week. You're thinking Chris is going to send you to some murder thing or some boring meeting, and you get to go to the Peach Cobbler Factory to have some cobbler. You got paid to be in Cobblerville. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And here I thought it was a shoe shop. <laughs> So. Jake, Jake brings in an old pair of shoes going, can you fix the soles on these? Like, no, we can give you some cobbler. Oh, we can spread some peach cobbler all over them shoes. We can fix your soul. With our peach <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was very good, Jake. Very good. Good, good for the soul. No, but yeah. I heard, did this start in Nashville and then it's kind of spread out from there? Is it yeah. a franchise? So it is a franchise and the story is actually really incredible. It started as a food truck in Nashville. Mm. Back in 2013, so it's about 10 years old, Mm -hmm. and then they got their first brick-and-mortar location in Louisville, and then they got their next one, they went back and put a store in Nashville, and then their current CEO comes to them and is like, hey, you should franchise this, this is a good idea, nobody else is really doing this, and they're like, yeah, okay. So they franchised it, I mean, there's locations popping up everywhere now, I mean, Clarksville's evidence of that, Uh, I mean, they're in Indiana. They have one in Oak Grove, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of these around, but yeah, they don't just have cobblers. They have uh, cookies. I've got the entire menu pulled up here. My laptop's not touchscreen. I need to remember that. So they got cookies, 12 big cobbler cookies, which are really interesting. Mm. Mm. And then banana puddings, and that's just puddings. Not pudding. Don't confuse it with the pudding. Don't confuse it with the pudding. Oh, and then okay. we have pudding shakes, which is basically shakes with pudding, which honestly sounds amazing. It like, really does. Why have are we they never done cold? this before? They are served cold. Yes. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And they have a peanut butter flavor, which I'm going to hit that one up. because I'm like, with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a winner all the way around. Next time you're doing something like this, though, I'm a little disappointed in you for a couple of reasons. <laughs> Why didn't you bring any back? Oh, you, you could. You know what? The ba- you could have had some us taste testing right here. Yes. You, you, well, we're, for one, we're keeping the credit card on lockdown right now. <laughs> so it's like probably for reasons like this. Right. But, right. Mm-hmm. No, you could. No, no. <laughs> it's a violation of our ethical principles. We do not accept food in exchange for coverage. Okay, next time oh, that happens, word. Jake, <laughs> I'll distract Chris. You grab his credit card, and then you go get us some cobbler. I'll just distract him with a with a pudding, uh, with pudding some pudding shake. shakes. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what I'm going to have if I don't get a pudding shake. I'm going to have the pudding shakes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. These, oh my gosh, what? these, these like dad type jokes are well, just flying all over the place. <laughs> well, we're all peachy today. Oh, there we go. I think yeah. Katie made the peachy joke yeah, already. Yeah, Katie already so did that. That's a recycle. That was a recycle. Right. I was waiting um, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like 40 minutes into the podcast, yeah. it's coming up, it's coming up. Finally. Here. Peachy joke, peachy joke. I've got one in me. Is there any other news stories we need to touch on? 
Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I do want to share some more about this. Uh, I, I sat down with Wendy Ladd. She's actually mm-hmm. a nurse by trade. She was a veteran. Her and her husband run the restaurant, uh, but they are or, or dessert shop or whatever you want to call it. Um, but their uh, son is the general manager. So this is actually really a family-owned oh, yeah, uh, shop, that. which is super cool. Are they from Clarksville? Uh, Philip is from Clarksville. Okay. okay. Um, I don't believe Wendy is. All right. Um, but we have one Clarksville native in there. But uh, and, and she was telling me this story, and I, I couldn't help but laugh when she told me. She's like, uh, she was on the phone with one of her friends one night and she was looking to get out of nursing and they wanted to kind of do their own thing. And so her friend bought into this franchise called the Peach Cobbler Factory and she'd never heard of it. So uh, they reached out and they went through the vetting process. They went to meet the CEO and they had a couple products for them to try. She's like, as soon as I tried the OG banana pudding, that's what it's called, the OG banana pudding and the peachy or the sweet peachy tea. She's like, where do I sign? That was all she needed. Mm, They had a rep Mm. pudding. Yeah, they had her pudding. They had yeah. her pudding. Let them eat pudding. Yeah. So. Interesting. So that's how the uh, Peach Cobbler Factory came to be in Clarksville. Well, you've got that's to believe cool. in what you do. To, you Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But now, since you've covered the story, it's not ethically a problem for us to go get some cobbler. I didn't say he couldn't buy some cobbler. You just can't. I didn't say it could get free. I was saying oh, you okay. could steal your credit card and get it. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah. That's Theft, great. Exciting stuff. Theft from the boss is okay. <laughs> just not noted. <laughs> uh, Wendy did tell me, she, she offered me some cobbler, and I was like, well, I was like, I, I can't have dessert without my wife here. She would get very angry if I, if I got some new dessert without her. I'm so, not allowed to go to restaurants without my wife, apparently. Okay. I think. So, All right. So fun fact. We know what your your date date night this weekend is going to get some peach cobbler. Probably, yeah, yeah. And one of those pudding shakes. Now, is her her location is over by Exit Eleven, correct? Yes, it is. I can actually give you the exact address. It's 1021 Highway 76, Suite okay. 108. And they're open Monday through Sunday from noon until nine for dine in, and until nine thirty each night for online orders. Okay. All right, good stuff, Jake. Good week worth of roundups. And one more thing just to take note of, if you are listening to this podcast on Saturday or Sunday um, tonight, um, Haven uh, Madison yes. is going to be on American Idol. This Sunday, right? Sunday mm-hmm. night. Yep. Um, at, uh, oh, I, don't, I don't have the time. But it's American. if you watch American Idol, you know what time it is. Exactly. It's on, uh, yeah. I'm betting it's on in the evening. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can find it on your TV. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's, Haven Madison. Now, Haven Madison, is, she's from Clarksville, goes to Clarksville mm-hmm. High School. She's a junior at Clarksville High School. Cheerleader, is that right? She is a cheerleader. Who, by the way, you know, when that's, that's, I don't know that that's in here, but the Clarksville High Cheerleaders... They placed eighth in the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, at Florida this week, so c- kudos to those. Lots ladies. of great things yeah. happen with Clarksville High leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big week at Clarksville High. I mean, seriously, having a, imagine having a student mm-hmm. well, in your this, school go to American Idol. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. in that song that she sings, fifteen, I believe that that's what she's saying. It's and you can get on Clarksville now on the story and um, listen to it. It she wrote it herself. Mm-hmm. So not only has she got a talented voice, she's a very Talented writer as well. Yeah, I did a little bit of digging on that because um, I, I like the song 15 OK, but the song I really like was she has a song about summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I'm not in love this summer or something like Would that. Would you sing it's on, a little bit for me, see if I you recognize do, you it? Don't want to hear me sing. You do not want to hear me sing. Um, but, she has a YouTube channel. Yeah, if you look at her YouTube channel, there's this. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great song. It's a really, really good mm-hmm. song. We need to get on Q108. Um, but it's also just a really hilarious video. I, I highly suggest checking it out. She did a really good job with it. Cool. Uh, and Chris, I want to add to your notes really quick. I've been reading your Daddy Overboard 
Ah. You need to talk about that for a second um, because I've I've actually really been enjoying that. Well, thank you. Um, I never read the original though. The, yeah, uh, you were probably weren't born. When <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was probably your kid's age. So at that time, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about that because I I think uh, people want to know what's happening at Clarksville now. Yeah. Um. So I actually started writing the precursor for that column back when I worked at the Tallahassee Democrat in Tallahassee, Florida. Um. I would occasionally write a column, and after my first kid was born. Um, I wrote a couple uh, parenting humor columns about what it was like, you know, being a dad and it went over really well. And then when I got to, um, uh, to Clarksville, um, I was at the, uh, Leaf Chronicle for 23, 20, no, 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 21 years. Yeah. And, um, uh, probably in about 2001 to about 2006, I wrote a weekly parenting humor column for five years. So every week for five years, I did that. And um, until I finally ran out of material and um, decided, you know what, nobody wants to hear any more of my stories about diapers. Plus, my kids were starting to go through puberty and who really wants to. There's a lot of stories at teenage years. Yeah, but I mean, I can't tell them. I mean, that's horribly embarrassing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up stopping it. But um, but recently I just sort of got the itch to kind of try it again. And so I'm doing a limited series. I'll probably do six of them uh, once Mm -hmm. a week for about six weeks. Um, to kind of talk about what it's like being an empty nester now that all those kids are out of the house and grown-ass adults. I want to point out that Chris, when he started doing Daddy on board, his hair was not nearly as gray as it oh, is no. now. <laughs> no. You got an empty house now. No. I've, I've always looked much younger than I am, so I probably looked about 15 years old. People are like, you have three kids? <laughs> like, yes. I'm 35. I'll tell I you what, kids. those years sure do fly by, don't they, Chris? Mm-hmm. Oh. They do. They yeah. do. Yeah, I can concur. Sure. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> we did our first college visit yesterday, so that was... Oh, wow. That yeah. was... I'm, I think I might have teared up a time or two. Aww. It'd be really mad if you knew I was sharing that with everybody. Yeah. I remember taking my daughter to the first mm-hmm. college visit. It's a, it's a big deal. And I don't know if you... Did you experience this, Katie? You're looking around. All these people are there to take the tour. No, it was just us. A little sniffing. No. A little sniffly. Mm-hmm. But I was looking around and I go, is this take your grandkid to college day? And then I caught a glimpse of myself and I'm like, oh, wait, they're all my age. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I got you a suddenly kid realize college. You're an adult. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, do you know how much older than you I am? Did you just call me a grandma? I didn't call you a grandma. You weren't there at the same one. I know. You know. No, no. it was. it's difficult because you, I, you, know, you remember the first day you dropped him off at kindergarten and here you are doing college visits. Ooh. Oh, I'll tell you what. When I dropped my oldest off at college for the first time, I sobbed. You guys are so much more emotional than I am. <laughs> we we got rid of our kids, and I was just fist bumping. I was so glad to be back with my wife again and alone in the house. We can do what we want. We don't have kids all over the place causing problems and all this drama and all this. I sure ring hope your kids listen to this. <laughs> it's like, I hope your kids are not listening to this podcast. I right love now. my children dearly, but I was ready to be back to just me and the wife again. They say that's why that God gives you the teenage years. Mm-hmm. Did you at least shed like a fake tear? Where you're like, oh, I was sad. I do miss him every now and then. Yeah. I have a little, like, something will happen and I'll be like, oh, I don't have, uh, you know, somebody to help me lift this couch or something. You know, <laughs> he waited <laughs> to when there's work to be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to mow my lawn? It's very emotional Man, for me. Man, I got to unload this dishwasher by myself. Today. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Chris at least waited till he was on the interstate Jake, before he started kids? saying, <laughs> I, I do not have kids. Okay. And there, was, uh, there was no plans. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, those kids, they cost money. So. Yes, they do. And with we that, wait for their teenagers. Mm-hmm. they get more expensive as they go along. Mm. That's the truth, Jake.
Well, that's that's great to know. <laughs> and I say with that, that's right? a wrap. That's great, a wrap. Great week, Jake. All right. <laughs>